to Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. Today is Women's Day at Red Pill Torah. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. Our Elohim is an awesome Elohim who can do anything. And in today's episode, we'll talk about how he has done impossible things through notable women in the Bible. Amen. You can email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com. Follow us on redpilltorah.podbean.com. Find us at our website, www.redpilltorah.com, as well as on Facebook, Twitter, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Deezer, TuneIn, Spotify, Listen Notes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and wherever you hear your favorite podcasts. We love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And shalom to our friends in North Dakota and New Mexico. Mm-hmm. So I hope our listeners are following along with the Parsha reading schedule, also known as the Torah portion. For our listeners who don't know, the Parsha is an organized schedule of Torah readings that will help you read through the entire Torah in one year. Mm-hmm. The Jewish community is very familiar with the Torah portions. There are also scheduled readings from the rest of the Tanakh, or Old Testament, and the Brit Chadashah, or the New Testament. Remember, the Bible is one book. This week's reading is called Vayetze, which means, and he went out. This reading follows the life of Jacob from the time he went out from Beersheba to the time he made peace with his very shrewd father-in-law, Laban. The Torah portion, Vayetze, also covers the story of Rachel. And it turns out that she has a lot in common with her mother-in-law and her grandmother on Jacob's side. In fact, several notable women in the Bible have this same type of situation. And what is this situation? These women were unable to conceive. But when Jehovah intervened, their situation changed. In the Bible, having children is a blessing and a command. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, as well as Genesis 9, verse 1, we see Elohim instructing people to be fruitful, to multiply, and to fill the earth. That's right, Mama. In Torah scriptures like Exodus 23, verse 26, and Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 14, children are recognized to be the blessing of Elohim. In Psalm 127, we read, Children are a gift from Yehovah. The fruit of the womb is a reward. The children born when one is young are like arrows in the hand of a warrior. How blessed is the man who has filled his quiver with them. He will not have to be embarrassed when contending with foes at the city gate. Now clearly, having children is a blessing according to the Bible. Regarding the women we discussed, there is no cause attributed to their being barren. As their stories unfold, however, we see Elohim's involvement play a pivotal role in their lives and the history of the Hebrew people. It is remarkable to trace the stories of these great women in the Bible. So let's go over their stories together. We'll start with Sarah, Rachel's grandmother. In Genesis chapter 18, we read that Elohim visits Abraham's tent. And while enjoying a meal, Elohim says to Abraham, Where is Sarah, your wife? He said, There, in the tent. Elohim said, 
I will certainly return to you around this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Sarah heard him from the entrance of the tent behind him. Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in years, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. Although Sarah and Abraham were unable to have a child by their own strength, we know that the Mighty One of Israel gave them strength to conceive. Mm -hmm. We know the child born to them was Isaac, who later married his love, Rebekah. In Genesis 25, we read Isaac prayed to Jehovah on behalf of his wife, Rebekah, because she was childless. Jehovah heeded his prayer, and Rebekah became pregnant. The children fought with each other inside her so much that she said, If it's going to be like this, why go on living? So she went to inquire of Jehovah, who answered her, There are two nations in your womb. From birth, they will be two rival peoples. One of these peoples will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. So like her mother-in-law, Rebekah was unable to have a child without help from Elohim. In Rebekah's case, she scored two for one. And the two sons that she scored were named Esau and Jacob. The covenant made with Abraham followed Jacob. He later married sisters Leah and Rachel. In, in Genesis 30, we hear that Rachel, the wife that he loved, was envious of her sister Leah because Leah became pregnant and she did not. In fact, Leah had six sons by Jacob. To help remedy Rachel's complaint, she allowed Jacob to have a child with her slave girl. Not necessarily sure that was a good idea, but mm -hmm. this person bore two children with him. Verse 22 then reads, Then Elohim took note of Rachel, heeded her prayer, and made her fertile. She conceived, had a son, and said, Elohim has taken away my disgrace. She called him Yosef, or Joseph, which means he may add, saying, May Jehovah add to me another son. Judges 13 tells the story of Samson's birth. Starting at verse 1, Again, the people of Israel did what was evil from Jehovah's perspective, and Jehovah handled them over to the Philistines for 40 years. There was a man from Tzorah, from the family of Dan, whose name was Manoach. His wife was barren, childless. The angel of Jehovah appeared to the woman and said to her, Listen, you are barren and you haven't had a child, but you will conceive and bear a son. Now, therefore, be careful not to drink any wine or other intoxicating liquor, and don't eat anything unclean. For indeed, you will conceive and bear a son. No razor is to touch his head, because the child will be a Nazarite for Elohim from the womb. Moreover, he will begin to rescue Israel from the power of the Philistines. We don't get Samson's mother's name, just her story, which has the similar theme of not being able to have children until Elohim intervenes. In 1 Samuel, we read the story of Elkanah and his two wives, Hannah and Peninnah. Verse 6 says that Peninnah taunted Hannah and made her feel bad because Jehovah had kept her from having children. She did the same thing every year. 
One year, as they all went to worship, Hannah prayed earnestly to Jehovah. Verse 11 says, she took a vow. She said, Jehovah Savavot, if you will notice how humiliated your servant is, if you will remember me and not forget your servant, but will give your servant a male child, then I will give him to Jehovah for as long as he lives, and no razor will ever come on his head. As we know, Jehovah answered her prayer. Her firstborn son was the prophet Samuel. Second Kings chapter 4 tells us about a wealthy couple from Shunem. The wife is known in the Bible as the Shunammite woman. They were hospitable to Elisha, building an addition onto their home for him to stay in whenever he was in the area. Wanting to be a blessing back to her, Elisha said to her in verse 16, Next year when the season comes around, you will be holding a son. No, my lord, she answered. Man of Elohim, don't play with me. Well, that's the way women from the west side of town would have said that type of thing. Anyway, as we know, she had a son right on schedule. When he was old enough, he went to work with his father and suddenly died. The Shunammite woman found Elisha, and in verse 28, she told him, Did I ask my Lord for a son? Didn't I tell you not to play with me? As we know, her son was raised from the dead and given back to this faithful woman. Tim, you know the Shunammite woman and Sarah have something in common with each other and with Miriam, or Mary, the mother of Yeshua. Hmm. In each of their lives, their promised sons were taken from them, either under the threat of death or through actual physical death. Their sons were ultimately restored to them by the goodness of Elohim. Our next mother is Elizabeth, the mother of Yochanan the Immerser, also known as John the Baptist. Luke chapter 1 tells the story of his miraculous birth. Starting at verse 5, it says, In the days of Herod, king of Judah, there was a conan named Zechariah who belonged to the Avia division. His wife was a descendant of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Both of them were righteous before Elohim, observing all the mitzvot and ordinances of Jehovah blamelessly. But they had no children, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well along in years. While Zechariah was performing his priestly duties, the angel Gabriel appeared to him and told him of the impending birth of John. In verse 18, Zechariah said to the angel, How can I be sure of this? For I'm an old man. My wife, too, is well on in years. Now in the language of the west side of town, Gabriel answered Zechariah, saying, Boy, don't play with me. Don't you know who I am? <laughs> I am Gabriel, and I stand in the presence of Elohim. I was sent to speak to you, to give you this good news. But now, because you didn't believe what I said, which will be fulfilled when the time comes, you will be silent, unable to speak until the day these things take place. We know how this story goes. John was born, and the happy well-wishers came to his Brit Milah, his circumcision. When Zechariah affirmed that the baby's name would be Yochanan, or John as we call him today, his ability to speak immediately returned, and he blessed Elohim for his faithfulness and mighty power. Amen. So, we've talked about seven Hebrew women 
who were childless until Jehovah intervened. He gave them sons who lived amazing lives of great importance in the story of Israel. These men include patriarchs, a prime minister, a mighty judge and deliverer, a prophet, a man raised from the dead, and the herald of Yeshua HaMashiach. Isn't it wonderful or interesting how our Heavenly Father can take what to us seems like an impossible situation and turn it around for His glory and praise and for our joy? Mm -hmm. We can be grateful that His wonders are not reserved just for the Bible days. He still works wonders today. Sure does. So how should we handle situations that seem impossible? What would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill and assume that there's no hope for deliverance in an impossible situation? Or would you take the red pill, call on Yehovah for help, and trust in the mercy, power, and will of the Most High Elohim? Now, only you can answer that question. Ephesians 2 tells us that we were foreign or far from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise. But now in Yeshua HaMashiach, we are close, grafted into the covenants. That means that now Elohim is Elohim to all of us who believe. The covenants continue to this day, and we are partakers in the covenants. Jehovah could have allowed these women to have their children in the usual way, but for his own purpose, he made it so that these births would be under extraordinary circumstances. Deuteronomy 4 gives us great insight into some possible reasons why he did it this way. Starting at verse 32, it says, Indeed, inquire about the past, before you were born, since the day Elohim created human beings on the earth, from one end of the heaven to the other, Has there ever been anything as wonderful as this? Has anyone heard anything like it? Did any other people ever hear the voice of Elohim speaking out of fire as you have heard and stayed alive? Or has Elohim ever tried to go and take for himself a nation from the very bowels of another nation by means of ordeals, signs, wonders, war, a mighty hand and an outstretched arm and great terrors like all that Jehovah, your Elohim, did for you in Egypt before your very eyes? This was shown to you so that you would know that Jehovah is Elohim and there is no other beside him. Mm-mm. From heaven he caused you to hear his voice in order to instruct you. And on earth he caused you to see his great fire and you heard his very words coming out from the fire because he loved your ancestors chose their descendants after them, and brought you out of Egypt with his presence and great power, in order to drive out ahead of you nations greater and stronger than you, so that he could bring you in and give you their land as an inheritance, as is the case today. Know today and establish it in your heart that Jehovah is Elohim in heaven above and on earth below. There is no other. Amen, Daddy. Amen. That's awesome. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Please go back and listen again. Read over the scriptures and discuss them with your family and friends. And thank you for taking 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Torah, where you you can can handle handle the truth. truth.